it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify on Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome to There's Always Next Year on the Play Like a Jet Network. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. With me, as always, are Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad, and Travis Milton, who you can find on Twitter at Dash 37 Board 27. Gentlemen, uh, it is a hard two-week loss, but at the same time, we're in the middle of, you know, what feels like progress. And I hate using that word, but Josh, I'm curious from you, uh, you know, you, you kind of brought up this concept last week of, you know, Hey, your, your wife, your wife kind of said to you, like, isn't this what you wanted? Like them to be competitive to the end. So it's like, it's December, it, you know, it was December 11th. The jets were playing the best team in their division, um, potentially the super bowl champion. And in, in that series, you know, they beat them once on a uh, certainly, you know, depleted team. Uh, and then they took them to the end of the game with, uh, you know, a injured quarterback and their star of their defense out of the game. Like, h- how are we supposed to feel? No, no moral victories, but how are we supposed to feel uh, about this game? Yeah, it's, it's amazing how fast I've gone from, all right, well, these are the games we wanted to be competitive in to, Man, we're like three plays away from <laughs> winning this game and sweeping Buffalo and friggin' Barrios and the offensive line and Michael Carter and like all these things that like I'm already <laughs> quickly like whining about again. But this is the life, right? Like this is this is the life we wanted. We wanted competitive football. We didn't want to be looking at draft order, you know, by the middle of December. Mm-hmm. And so I am happy about that. And at the same time. These were two back-to-back very winnable games, like holding Buffalo to 20 points in Buffalo and like forcing five straight punts to start the game. And then the stupid Dawson Knox, Knox touchdown after the CJ Mosley tried to go Troy Palomalu on, on their fourth down play. And like, there's just all these dumb little things now that happen that you're like, all right, we're a couple plays away at this point. I just want to get to a point where, where we're not screwing those couple of plays up. Um, mm-hmm. And if we can just keep our star defensive player on the field and have Mike White, I'm going to donate a couple of ribs today. I'm just going to cut them out myself and ship them <laughs> down to Florham Park and sew them right into his body. But uh, frustrated, but happy that I'm frustrated. I guess this is it's great. Everything's great. Yeah, Travis, how did you feel about coming out of that game yesterday? It's it is funny how quickly you go from. Like, hey, I just want to be in it in progress and, you know, all that sort of thing to like, oh, this is it actually kills me that we lost the game. Where are you kind of in your uh, in your feelings after the game? You know, I uh, I I was I was was a little 
No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't anywhere near as pissed as I was uh, immediately after the game as I was with Minnesota. Um, but even with Minnesota, I was able to check myself pretty quick and go, okay, kind of like what Josh said. Like, uh, I this is what I've been wanting for for quite a while, mm-hmm. and we went even a step further and and thought about just the fact that uh, we're the the team is a year ahead of schedule in this kind of rebuild scenario. Uh, so. This is just kind of, you know, it's 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 unexpected. I think to everyone, the NFL, to uh, to fans, to I think even some people on the team, like how well they're playing, and they're going toe to toe with some of the best teams in the NFL, and it and it's boiling down to, uh, you know, those two or three mistakes a game. The first game, the Bills were the ones that made the two or three mistakes. This time it was us. But I think the thing that's that's frustrating is that. It's not the the young guys that are making these mistakes. It's the veterans that are making the mm. mistakes. That's that's what always frustrates me. And I don't have I, I you know I've I've been pretty not critical about the coaching, but I mean that that at least lately. Um, but that does go into to a little bit of coaching. Um, but it, it is a little little maddening that when you've got people like C.J. Mosley, the other ones doing this, you know insanely stupid yeah it would have been amazing like if, if it had worked it would have been yeah. like the play of the year but it didn't um it's that kind of boomer bust kind of thing which i you know those kind of instances i actually kind of embrace and love i love the fact that we're we're not playing that close to the vest and playing not to lose at least on defense but on offense you look over and it's like okay there's a lot of points where you feel like they're playing not to lose instead of playing to win that's what, that's what I think is maddening. Yeah, and I parents will understand this analogy, but I really think everybody will. Travis, Travis can you can you can apply this to the kitchen world where you know you bring in some some people on the line, or you've got kids, and you're like, all right, we we've gotten through potty training, and then like they have an accident, and you're like, what the heck? Like we've we've dealt with this, we're doing we've great, worked through this. Like <laughs> your your mise en place looks awful right now like we this is day one stuff that you are messing up make a friggin roux and don't burn it like there's just the there's the simple things that guys like Braxton Berrios and even you know it's year two but like Michael Carter like I don't know who this Michael Carter is like I don't know yeah like the best like this this the CJ Mosley play like like Jordan Whitehead like there's a lot of guys on the field that I'm like you shouldn't be making these mistakes anymore and they're costing us games. And so, like, mm-hmm. while I'm excited and we are a year ahead of schedule, I think I tweeted something like that. Like, we are a year ahead of schedule and I want to see the bright side. These are winnable games right now. And in the NFL, you don't, you can't just bank on, oh, we're going to be better next year and the year after that. That's not how this league works typically. Um, you can't just depend on, well, we're, you know, two years from now, we're building towards something like we, we are. But this league changes and it changes on a dime. And what felt like momentum yesterday can tomorrow feel like, We've got to tear down and rebuild again. So um, I don't I don't want to lose these games and I don't want to miss the playoffs thinking mm-hmm. like it's just routine stuff that we're making mistakes on that could could be the outcome of, of some of these games. Thanks for listening to Play Like a Jet. Just want to remind you that when you go to prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app and you make your first deposit, you can get it matched up to 100 bucks using the promo code PLAJ. The reason why I love prize picks is because you don't play against anybody else. You just play against the prize picks player projections in their daily fantasy matchup. You take two to six players, and if they do better or worse than their prize picks player projection, then you win up to 25 times the amount of money you put in. This past week, one of the players that I was adamant about picking was Garrett Wilson. Player projection was 58 yards. I'm going to continue to ride the hot hand and go with Garrett Wilson again this coming Sunday. Remember, like I said, you don't play against anybody else, just the prize picks player projection. So if Garrett Wilson does better than his prize picks player projection, that would be a big win for you. You don't have to do football, though. You can do baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever you want. It's there at prizepicks.com and the Prize Picks app. And remember, when you make your first deposit, they'll match it up to 100 bucks if you use the promo code PLAJ. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll match you 100 bucks. You put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. Just go to prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app and use the promo code PLAJ and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. My buddy bent over a jet fix. Like he had another interesting stat in terms of kind of a couple plays you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, our fumble luck this year has been atrocious, right? Yeah. I think we've we've only recovered like 20, I think he cited like 20% of the fumbles like, you know, that have, you know, gone, have, have we recovered. And fumble luck is just something you can't, like year to year, it's just, it's kind of erratic. It's really hard to measure and hard to know like, oh, well, you know, we're really good at recovering fumbles this year. It's like, it's a oblong spheroid. Like that's what happens, right? So, so this year their fumble luck has been really bad. Um, and, and so you couple that with a couple plays and, you know, you miss a couple guys and, and right. You're kind of left in this, you know, agonizing yet, uh, you know, prideful position of like, man, that was close, man, it went to the end there. Like, and so like, that's the thing for me, you come off, you know, the, the Patriots games were, you know, to me, just utterly demoralizing when you have one side of the ball that just doesn't show up at all. I think both sides played their hearts out, um, you know, or, you know, all three sides, I would say, uh, they, they played their hearts out. Um, and in, in the last two weeks, and, you know, in the case of the Vikings, you know, came down to the last minute, last possession, right? And in the case of the the Bills, like very similar, like, you know, they they hung with them basically entirely through the third quarter that, you know, you have the Mosley thing, you have the white injury and it just feels like everything starts unraveling after that. But it, it kind of had started, you know, with the Quinn and Williams injury. I want to get to that in a minute. Uh, but, you know, in the end, you know, they were, you know, they get that safety, uh, you know, they get the, the free kick and it's like, they still have a shot to tie this game. And, you know, Hey, I, I want them to win this game just as much as, as anybody, but, but for them to hang with, you know, what could be at least, you know, a deep runner into the playoffs, maybe even the Super Bowl champion, like I'll, I'll hold my head high and the team should hold their head high. But yes, to the point of, you know, the CJ Mosley thing, you know, Barrios, like after that first punt, I was like, what the hell is happening? And there's like, oh, right. Yeah, it's raining really hard. And then the second punt, I was like, geez, like, come on, man. And then just, I don't know where he was yesterday, but he was just, he was not there. He was, he was missing. He just had a bad day, whatever it was. I don't know why they didn't replace him specifically on punts. Um, and, and kind of, you know, in the offense, like just run to run into other guys. Like, what am I missing that like, is it that they're so afraid Travis of who's behind Barrios or what's the issue that they wouldn't replace him during the game? I don't know. I mean, 
I don't even know who is behind right. him. Like, I've who's seen the Ty backup punt returner? Like, I don't know. I've, I've seen Ty know. Johnson out there in at least kickoff return situations. I mean, I I, I don't know. I have but... an idea. <laughs> what do you got? I I I would love to see. You know, we Ryan Gosling. We have we have, we have two. <laughs> He's already there. He's just in a Braxton Berrios jersey with his bleach blonde hair. Um, I. I mean, it's it's clearly a position that you're gonna get crushed most of the time, and Barrio seems like that guy that's mm-hmm. you know not afraid of contact, but it's very Tim you know, Dwighty in that way. Very, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet at the same time, it's like we have two guys on this roster who, in the last two years, have complained about playing time and getting the ball, and it's like, hey, Denzel Mims, hey, Elijah Moore, you want the ball? Like you can get it three to four more times a game if you want. Like yeah. there's, you can go make some plays if you really want to make an NFL roster and you want to get that next contract. Like the, there are just the hard knocks you have to go through. And those guys are shifty. Like you could get Elijah Moore back there and he could make some guys miss. I just don't know that he's going to crave the contact that Braxton Berrios <laughs> and punt returners crave in life. Like those guys yeah. seem like they feed off of it. So I'm not sure yeah. who they actually have behind, but it's not, it, it's not like we well, are. According really, to our lads, which is, you know, not the best site ever, but it's pretty good as an independent, like not just going to the website and looking right. Elijah Moore is the backup punt returner. Ty Johnson is the backup kick returner um, with, you know, Zonovan Knight is the third uh, kick returner, but so, so they only have one listed at, at punt and then two at kick. Um, uh, yeah. And I think Johnson could have, could have played in that. position. You know, it's like, it's hard to put guys in, in tough condition, but to your point, right? Like either like Barrios, like put another visor on your face or something, or, you know, like, you know, or get out because like that with, and then some of the throws at the end of the game, it was just very frustrating to see him have the day mostly to do what he did. You know, that, that just dumb, dumb penalty. I mean, at first I was kind of like, I thought it, I, it happened so quick. I thought it was Josh Allen that he tackled. And I was like, that's kind of a baller move when they're trying to like get you off sides. And then <laughs> immediately I realized like, Oh, that's not what he was doing at all. Like it was actually tight end. Like, Oh God, that's so dumb. Like, why would you do that? Um, but yes, uh, can't, can't do that kind of stuff. And then like, you know, they march down the field. It's kind um, of a brilliant play call by Ken Dorsey though. Like even that yeah. play of causing the defense to freak out a little bit causes them to jump where yeah. you put a tight end in that spot or just bring him under center real quick. Like credit to those guys for forcing some, some uncomfortability in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Trav. Take a shot. I get, you know, I, it, it does lead to the Dawson Knox touchdown, which is super frustrating. But, um, you know, I, I am glad at least to see us competitive in that moment and not just sitting back and let Josh Allen bear, barrel forward for three yards. Um, how w- w- everybody's focused on Mike White. Obviously, he's the quarterback. He, he got just rocks during the game, you know, multiple massive hits to his, you know, ribs and chest. And, you know, according to Sal after the game, you know, they took him in, they x rayed him. He checked out, you know, uh, you know, so it might not be broken, but I have to imagine it's severely bruised and it's going to be very tender for you know, at least a week, if not longer. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what, you some, know, uh, what comes he's out. He's got some buzzing, some buzzing Ned ribs going on, wrapped in foil <laughs> and cooked in steam, fall off the bone. That's the ribs right. he's got right now. Oh, man. Yeah, no good. No bueno. Um, the Central Virginia joke for our, our Jet yes. listeners. You have no idea sure. what happened. Is that even still around? <laughs> Sadly, yes. Sadly, yes. There's just the endless loop of him beating Bobby Flay. Beating Bobby Flay, yeah. Contest. Bobby Flay. I, I worked there briefly. Did you really? Yeah, for, for about like three months. And then uh, Buzz and I got into a huge shouting match. And uh, I just left. <laughs> I just walked out. Good man. Good man. Uh, we'll take that offline. Yeah. I'd love to hear the yeah. story. We, we shouldn't even be advertising. We should be advertising ZZQ, if anything. Ooh, so, uh, yes. anyway, uh, love ZZQ. Love Orange uh, over at ZZQ. She's amazing. Um, so, uh, so anyway, uh, but we have to talk about Quinn and Williams. So, he, I'm, I'm going to cite some uh, my, my buddy at, uh, at JetFix, Bent, former writer at the Jets blog, still writes for SNY and all over the world. Um, okay, here, here's what he wrote. It's kind of, I'm taking parts out, but I'm just going to read three little graphs here. Uh, the defense uh, wasn't too bad by normal standards, but the Jets were playing lights out until Williams got hurt and potentially on their way to doing something really special. Up to and including the play where Williams was injured, the Bills gained just 51 yards on 21 plays. They also didn't give up any points. From the injury onward, they gave up 
181 yards on 33 plays and allowed the Bills uh, four scoring drives for 20 points. Uh, that's an average of 5.5 yards per play as opposed to 2.4 before Williams was knocked out of the game. Um, I I want to think about the C.J. Mosley play and as dumb as it was um, in the context of knowing that Quinn Williams is not in there in that middle interior on that play. And so maybe he pressed a little bit more because, you know, he knew his guy Q wasn't on the field. Um, so I, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm just trying to explain what I think maybe was going through his brain. I've got to get a jump on this because Q's not, you know, not right there. Um, but Quinnen Williams is having an amazing year, you know, calf injury. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see how he practices this week. Um, but uh, it's, it's hard not to talk about this loss and not talk about Quinn Williams. Um, the year he's having, I think he had his 11th sack in the game, right? Um, just a special player. Travis, when you watch him and you watch what offensive linemen specifically have to do to stop him, like <laughs> how does he change the game uh, for the offense uh, that is trying to protect their quarterback or running back? So many ways. I mean, um, watching watching his freaking <laughs> swim move technique uh, on, the, I think it was the second sack, his 11th of the year, was just <laughs> buck wild awesome. Like, if you rewatch that play, mm-hmm. uh, he he's so quick. And I think the biggest thing, and this, this goes right into what you were saying about how they – it completely changed the – the way Buffalo or, or the, the, it completely changed the game for Buffalo as an offense, because when you've got an interior lineman, when you've got people, when you're getting pressure with four people, which having Quinnen in there, he creates such a mismatch um, that you, you get the other guys getting to the quarterback, you get him getting the quarterback. But the biggest thing that it sees is, and this is not to take anything away from DJ Reed or sauce Gardner. It makes the game easier for the cornerbacks. Like a lot of, a lot of, their success this year has been based off of the fact that we get to the quarterback so quickly, so often and so well, and that all flows through Quinn and Williams uh, that it, it's a cascade effect throughout the defense. So the offense doesn't have the amount of time for plays to develop. You don't have the amount of time to go through your reads properly. Um, you know, it, it just changes everything. And you, you can actually kind of see the same thing on the flip side of, the the Bills not having Matt Milano in that first game, and you saw how different mm. that Buffalo Bills defense was with him in it. How often they got Mike got to Mike White, how often he specifically yeah. got there. Um, just having that guy that creates that kind of mismatch and that kind of havoc and and chaos really makes the job easier for everybody on the back end of that defense. And that's that's what Quinnen does, and that's what Matt Milano did yesterday. Mm. Yeah, uh, it was it was you could start to feel the air leaking out once once Quinnen left the game. Um, but, uh, you know, and the team's tired and they're on the field a lot and, and all that sort of thing. But, yeah, it's it, it was it was tough to watch, you know, what what happened to that defense afterwards. Josh, any thoughts about Quinnen and kind of what he's meant to the team and um yeah, kind of outlook for yeah. what his prognosis is going going forward. Yeah, and it's it's the foundation. I mean, Travis just said it all. Everything else is built from from what he's done this season, and the and the defense has risen. Um, again, like he said, not to take away from our corners, not to take away from linebackers, but getting pressure on the quarterback from right up the middle, you know, flushes him out left or right, or forces a quicker throw. It blows up running plays. You know, this is. Um, I don't think it's hyperbole to say like this is similar. Obviously. This is this has been year over year for this guy, but what Aaron Donald does for the Rams, Quinn Williams has been doing for the Jets, mm-hmm. like blowing up offensive lines consistently every single game, um, helps them in every possible area on that side of the ball. And so, you know, depending on how long he's out, severity of the injury, it you know, even if he comes back, how effective can he be the rest of the season? Like it is gonna now be interesting to see how on that side of the ball we make adjustments to um, to timing and make adjustments to getting pressure. There was a, I was encouraged. Sheldon Rankins came in and played okay. Um, I thought he, he, he actually kind of filled in mm-hmm. admirably. Um, again, it's, it's a strong defense. And so I don't think 
you know, losing, losing one guy. It's not a defense built on one guy. There's about six of them that are just game changers on that side of the ball. Um, but, but Rankins came in, if he can keep this play up for a couple of weeks and, and give Quinn some time to get really healthy, um, you know, the next couple of weeks are, are really key in a lot of ways um, and are very winnable games. And so, yeah, getting him back as soon as we can, because it's the foundation of what everything else feels like it's built on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think after the game, they said he was day to day. You know, <laughs> uh, there's a great fantasy analyst I know who talks about like day to day means week to week, week to week means month to month, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, month to month means year to year. Like, um, so, so I would expect that the Jets might not have Quinnen up for, for the next game. Um, but maybe in, maybe in another game after that in two weeks, he, he might be able to play. Um, uh, but you know, we'll see. He's a, he's a tough dude. So he might try and go, uh, next week. But, but I would say the, the expectation should be of the Jets, the coaching staff. Uh, that, that Williams is not going to be playing. Like he, he will not be playing this coming week. And then anything else is kind of a nice surprise. Um, another nice surprise has been Garrett Wilson, uh, the second, second round pick the Jets had, uh, who basically broke the franchise record for rookie receiving yards. Um, he now has 63 catches and 858 yards. I think beating Sean, he had the 852 or 844, something like that. Um, so, so uh, what can we say about Garrett Wilson uh, and the kind of year he's having, Travis? And then also kind of to circle back on an earlier point, why are we throwing the ball to Braxton Berrios at the end of the third, fourth quarter when we're in clutch time as opposed to the, uh, the rookie phenom receiver? Uh, what is happening? Well, the rookie phenom receiver started getting essentially a, a triple bracket coverage on him. If you look, I, they, they were essentially tripling him as the game went along, like they were, they were backing down two safeties on there. They, you know, they weren't bringing a blitz. They had extra people in the, uh, the defensive backfield. He, he was, he was completely covered, but, um, dude is a freaking stud. Um, I can't say enough about that guy. It's, it's, it's amazing to have a dynamic receiver on this team. And, uh, to the Barrios thing, I don't know why the fuck he is in red zone packages still. Um, Put Elijah Moore in there. Like, he, you know, if, if you want to get him involved, like get him involved in the slot down there. He's at least more dynamic. He's got better hands. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. But but I swear, like, I love watching freaking Garrett Williams. Um, that dude is going to be a superstar for us. And the rapport that he's gotten with Mike White, I think, is amazing. And I think it really boils down to Mike White's accuracy. I mean, like, those – just watching Mike White throw those freaking those, those super like those twenty to thirty yard passes kind of rifles them. Yeah. Yes, but at the same time, you know those like twelve yard passes oh, okay. that like that are like on the dime in between two receivers. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think Mike White gets enough credit nope. for the types of throws that he excels at. You know, I keep seeing people like, oh, I don't know, we'll see. I don't know, we'll see. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you waiting to see? Like this dude is. <laughs> This dude is 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 excelling yes. at passes that that you know at uh, least half of the quarterbacks in the NFL like don't make like this dude is 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 stepping in and playing phenomenal and I, I don't or get, won't even attempt not even that they won't don't make them that they won't even attempt them they, right yeah like, they attempt because, yeah and like the, the the confidence that this dude has and the the accuracy the accuracy that he has on these passes. It's just it's it's insane. And to uh, to discount that and to keep, you know, questioning him because of uh, because he was a fifth round draft pick because he has been on the bench um, is just perplexing as hell to me. I am so stoked to have that guy behind center and watching him play is freaking fun. Having a quarterback that makes quick decisions, that is accurate. That's throwing the ball. That's able to throw the down the ball downfield accurately, putting his receivers in good positions, not to fucking get killed. That's mm-hmm. what that's one thing Zach Wilson is terrible about. Like he he puts his freaking receivers in the position to get murdered over the middle, and yeah, you know that's one thing Mike White doesn't do, and I think that's another reason why the the, the receiving core loves freaking playing with this dude. He puts them in position for yards after the catch, and he puts them in the position not to get their freaking head. Like not to get lit up. 
Yeah. I mean, so two quotes I want to, yeah. Anything else to say about Garrett Wilson before we transition to, to, to Mike White here? Um, just Josh. Sorry, I didn't just your, that no, 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 that's fine. Comment. That's fine. That's great. I, yeah, I love it. And and I want to go there. That's great. Any, any super, other thoughts? Super quick. Yeah, yeah. super quick. Um, the Justin Jefferson was targeted 15 times by Kirk Cousins. They were trying to come back all game um, against Detroit. Couldn't do it. Uh, Garrett Wilson was third in targets on our roster yesterday. And some of that is Mike White is, you know, he's not able to push the ball down the field after the injuries. I get that. But um, Elijah Moore had 10 targets. Tyler Conklin had eight targets. Garrett Wilson had seven. Michael Carter had six. And so there is now some of that obviously scheme. Obviously, that's going to be some triple teams. I get all that. There's no reason going forward that Garrett Wilson shouldn't see at least 10 targets a game. Like borderline. War crimes, like bring bring yeah. war crimes down um, on on this on this offense. If he doesn't get many, 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 many targets every single week, he's that level of player. I said it a couple weeks ago. If he had comp- if he had Mike White this whole season, we're talking about this rookie year, like we'd be talking like we talked about Justin Jefferson, like we talked about Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Um, he's already got the Jets receiving rookie receiving record from Keyshawn, and there's still four games left, five games left, and so. There's there's no reason um, why he should not be targeted double digits every single week. Just lock it in right now. Get that guy 10 chances. He's going to come down with seven of them, and he's going to be setting the tone on your offense. Get Barrios and Conklin out of the freaking schemes. Don't scheme anything. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to look up real quick what Garrett Wilson's uh, like kind of target share is to date. I don't know if I can do that really quick. Uh, let's see. So he is basically – uh, ranking, if you're looking kind of on an opportunity, not necessarily an efficiency um, rating, but just in terms of total opportunity. So he's currently 22nd in the league on air yards. I don't know if you're familiar with air yards, but air yards is effectively like anytime the quarterback throws the ball at you, whether it's an incompletion, whether it's pass, you know, defense, whether it's interception, like whatever it is, you know, the drop, th- those are all called air yards, right? So he is, Currently, you know, like a, you know, number, you know, he's, he's in the top like wide receiver one group, but he's not in that kind of elite top 10 yet. Um, You know, in terms of his share of air yards, he's actually 39th. So, right. He's even for as much as he's seeing the ball, the share of what he gets out of the total offense uh, is, is less than that. Um, So that, so the point is he's making more with it when, when he does get it. Um, and yeah, he's uh, basically, yeah. Like, you know, you look at all the other kind of opportunity, um, you know, rankings. I mean, he's a rookie, so that that's fine. And they brought him on, but like, you know, in terms of target distance, in terms of the quality of throws that he's been getting, you know, from his quarterbacks, you know, we're we're talking, you know, sixties, seventies, you know, catchable targets. He's like number 79. Uh, so like, so there's, there's all these things that you can look at. And so the point to your point, yes. He should be getting a larger share of this offense. He should probably be getting between 20 to 30% of all passes thrown, yes. <laughs> which is a lot. That is a lot. That's like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, like in their prime. I think he's that sort of a player. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to see if he can do this with um, if he can do this with kind of some, you know, you know, make chickens out of chicken shit. Right. Kind of thing. Like imagine what he can do with a full year under his belt, you know, with a hopefully stable quarterback situation um, in his second year, like he is going to erupt next year, get him on your fantasy team, wherever he's being drafted, go around ahead of that or two. Uh, Cause yeah, he's going to have a huge year next year. So I'm very excited about him. Um, yeah. So, so to talk about Mike white, um, you know, we, we, you were talking about, um, you know, the, the players, Travis, the, the guys who, who just love to play for him. You know, here's some quotes after the game. Um, first from Connor McGovern, he's a dog, man. He's willing to do whatever it takes to win. That's what every guy in this locker room, if they aren't that way, they need to be that way. I believe everybody is that way today. Mike was unfortunately not, uh, whatever. Uh, so basically he, he's saying that, you know, he's the guy like he's, you know, he's a dog. And then, uh, just very quickly, Michael Carter, uh, called Mike White, a fucking soldier, bro. I love playing with that guy. So, um, so this is a guy that the team, the locker room, his offense is clearly behind. Um, Mike White came back into the game, finished the game, 
no idea what's going to happen. Once the adrenaline wears off, once the, you know, you know, you know, whatever, you know, steroid or, you know, whatever, uh, what, what's the stuff that they always, you know, give the guys the stick withdrawal. during a game. Yeah. Like no, withdrawal, like those things, like whatever they give them, the, the painkillers, um, like whatever they give them, that's all worn off now. Um, I expect Mike White will want to play this game. We'll just have to see how the week plays out. Um, but I, I want to talk about Mike White, what he did yesterday, and how he is the anti-Zach Wilson. <laughs> so let's just start with that. Is Mike White the anti-Zach Wilson? Oof. I mean, in play, in personality, in likability, in just straight-up courage, uh, yes. Like, if you went down the list of pure passing ability – um, you know, skill set. Like, there's, there's definitely a lot in Zach Wilson that we, we all love. Like, that's why he's drafted that high. Is you see the potential of a guy like that. But when it comes out to actually playing in these games, I'm, I am giving up. I am, I am, I am surrendering all stock on Zach Wilson Island and converting it to whatever I can get <laughs> out on White Lotus season three. Um, give me all the Mike White <laughs> that I can possibly get. I am all in. Um, make that guy like, I, I don't care about, you know, I do, I mean, you know, if, if it's a conversation about pedigree, like there's a lot to like about Zach Wilson, but if your teammates don't rally around you, if, if you're not willing to make the big throws, stick in the pocket, get hit, willing to check down, make the wise play. Like there's just something about, we talked about a week over week. There's something about the adversity of being a fifth round pick and caught and then signed and caught and the jets constantly bringing you on and off the active roster that just teaches you what you actually have. And so Mike white down in down deep inside of him, he's got mm. that dog in him. Like he just does. And so give me that guy. And then when you see the plays having not for nothing, Having Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call really helped me see a lot of Mike White through Tony Romo's eyes, who's a, you know, yeah, very, very similar, similar player, right? Yeah, so similar. Like, comes in, lower draft pick, gets a chance to start. Same over, team, drafted by the yeah, same team. Cowboys, yeah. like, there's a, there's a ton to like there. And when Tony Romo's breaking down plays going, listen, right here, Denzel Mims is locked up with this corner, but he's about to break on his route, and the ball's coming out of Mike White's hands. Like, the timing is there. The confidence is there. All the pieces are there other than – on one foot, I can throw this ball 70 yards with a flick of my wrist, which doesn't matter, really. It really doesn't matter in week-in, week-out scenarios in the NFL. So, um, I, Zach, wish you nothing but the best. Um, give me all the Mike White I can get with my, left, my leftover depleted, depreciated Zach Wilson stock, and I'm converting all of it into the White Lotus. I am all in. Let's go. Yeah. Do you guys remember – sorry, I got to stop here. Do you guys remember when I think it was Kyle Baller came into the league and they were like, Dude, yeah. he can from his dude. knee. Yeah, yeah. then you can <laughs> throw the ball through the yep. upright from the 50-yard line from his knees. It's like, when is that Who ever cares? a game situation yeah. that matters or anybody cares about? That, that's that's parlor games. That's like Ashton Davis games. with his backflips. Right. That dude. That's, Everybody was like, oh, man, look at him, look at him, look at him, dude. He's yeah. in backflips like in practice. competition. Like, FM Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl skills competition that nobody cares about. Lamar Jackson was the go watch the Lamar Jackson accuracy skills competition. Like it's it's cringeworthy. It's so bad. <laughs> but it's like that dude is a dog and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like it does not matter. So so right, whether you can throw a ball from your knees through the go uh, uprights at you know 50 yards does not matter, right? What but what does matter is timing is, you know, knowing the offense is, you know, all, you know, guts and all that sort of thing. So, so Travis, like, you know, you, <laughs> White goes out of the game, Blacko comes in, shits the proverbial bed uh, <laughs> for the team. Mike White comes back. I mean, when you saw him go out there and be in pain and there was one play, I can't remember when it was exactly, but he took that sack and he could, he didn't even throw it away. Like, he was probably he eight yards, 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he wanted to throw it away, but it's like he was so hurt at that point, he couldn't yeah. even throw it away. Did you so, notice on that scheme, like that play, like Tyler Conklin was standing right at the line of scrimmage to be that guy that he's throwing in the area of a player if he got in trouble? Like, I guarantee you, they circled up and LaFleur said, listen, he can't extend that arm to throw the ball out of bounds. So someone's got to stand near the line of scrimmage that he can aim at. 
And that way it's not going to be intentional grounding. 100%. He was so compromised in that game. That's they had to change the scheme so he could throw the ball away. So, so you watch what Mike White did, how he battled through injury and just, you know, getting rocked uh, all game. Um, what, what do you make of that when you think about our quarterback depth chart? I mean, you've got a guy that's fighting. I mean, he's literally fighting for the job, which I don't think he needs to do. But, you know, the guy's got that mentality of like, this is this is my shot and I need to be on the field as much as I can. And dude went out immediately through a freaking laser complete pass to uh, Elijah Moore, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, like that that's that's how you endear a team to you. Uh you know, you don't have to freaking get your ribs turned into mashed potatoes and go back out to get a team to do that. But to, but to show that you're willing to leave it all on the freaking field, you know, those guys are going to go, you know, like just like uh, Garrett Wilson said, so, you know, he's a soldier. He's a fucking soldier. Like the, those mm-hmm. guys are going to go and follow that dude to the ends of the freaking earth. And that's that's the kind of leadership that I think has been missing and that Zach Wilson doesn't have. Zach Wilson, you know – Oh, I'm gonna buy a trip for everybody out to freaking uh, Utah and Malibu. Provo to Provo. We'll, we'll, we'll play Top Gun Ogden, style Ogden, football. Fletch, Fletch is gonna meet us here. <laughs> yeah, like like that. That's not how you freaking endear like leadership. That's that's you're essentially like buying, trying to buy respect. And like Mike White doesn't have to do that because Mike White actually invests his time in the people, his time on the field. Um, you know, I, I I just can't say enough about this dude, and I know <clears throat> I know a lot of people are going to call me crazy because because I'm so so in on this guy, but I, I am like you you watch it. he he's outgained, you know, he outplayed Josh Allen yesterday, and credit to our defense, but at the same time, the Bills defense is no fucking slouch. He he outplayed Kirk Cousins, who has one of, one of the most explosive offenses uh, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's outplayed everyone that that we've gone against since he's been starting. Uh, and you combine that with the fact that, you know, the, the, the comparable people or the people that we're talking about. Oh, you know, let's let's go. Let's go get Jimmy G in the offseason. Let's go get Derek Carr in the offseason. Let's go get Lamar. Jack. He's he's blowing them up as well. Like, right. Nothing. None of these these thoughts of, or none of these players are, are playing better or, or investing well, I, I don't want to say that. I don't know. I don't know enough about the other guys to say that. But like from from his investment in the team and the way that he's playing, I I don't I don't see this this want for like another player. Like uh, again, like I don't I don't get it. But uh, you know, his he's just he's just awesome. Like I'm super stoked about yeah. that dude. I, I am putting my Bryce Huff jersey on hold to get a Mike White jersey now. Wow. Let's go. I'm doing it. There you Huge. Go. Yeah. I'm Love selling it. stock on Zach Wilson Island, and you're pausing a bright South jersey. <laughs> These are big words, friends. These are not small things. Keep in mind, too, like the roster flexibility it gives you for a guy like Joe Douglas to know, I got a Mike White who's not going to demand a $300 million contract like Lamar would. He's not right. going to demand a, a six-year commitment with a $100 million mm-hmm. signing bonus like Jimmy He'll G be thrilled would. if he gets 10 a year on totally. a year by year. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, he, he's not going to expect to be paid like those guys as he probably shouldn't be. Um, and at the same time, we've said all along, give us competent quarterback play and we're going to be in these games and guys, we're in these games. So you got a guy in the, in the room. Why try to replace him with what's going to cost you four to five times as much? Makes no and sense. And also think about the fact that, okay, you put him behind a line where we've got, we've got ABT back. We've, we've possibly got Becton back. We've mm-hmm. got Brees Hall back in the lineup. You, you put They're him draft like, somebody in the first three rounds. They have to. Yeah. What quarterback wise? Oh no 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 no. No uh, on the line. line on the line. Oh yeah, they'll yeah, get a player. They'll get another player. Um, they fucking better. I'll be screaming my ass off again for another year, <laughs> and everybody's gonna be calling me an idiot for wanting a wanting a uh, an offensive lineman in the first rounds. Um, Always. But, but the biggest thing is, yeah, I do that because of days like yesterday. Like, yeah, it's great having Garrett Wilson. It's great having these skill players. But if you don't have time to fucking get the ball out and your quarterback's, like, entire torso is now the yeah. texture of polenta, like, you can't – like <laughs> Well, a good polenta, a bad polenta. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Maybe maybe risotto. Maybe, you know, like a nice hot – Nice creamy like risotto. risotto. Um, but, you know – if if the quarterback's not upright, 
None of that's happening. Doesn't matter. Garrett Wilson's yeah. not getting the fucking ball. Like I, I get, I get the love for these skill position players, but it goes back to the conversation earlier about Quinn and Williams. The game is always won and lost on the fucking lines. Mm-hmm. Defensive line, offensive line. I'll get off. Yes. The so no, I, I agree. I agree. And uh, you know, they're the, the line is going to be better. I mean, they've had so many injuries; it's unbelievable. Um, I certainly think like. <laughs> The Jets have to think about whoever their head of conditioning is um, and be working with that that guy because because basically if Beck if Beckton doesn't come back thirty or fifty pounds whatever his like you know weight was like he needs to be between three and three thirty not three eighty not four hundred like he's got to be lower they've got to get him lower um, if he's even going to contribute ever in his career like otherwise you know. He just will never he'll never make a team. Uh, I mean, yeah. he'll, you know, he'll never be an active player on a team. Um, uh, that's the thing. But but the, yes, I, I agree with you 100. percent But the other thing. So my question is, uh, we don't know yet what's happening or who's starting or you know who, whatever at quarterback. But l- let's just I just want to play out a situation because uh, because we can and that's what we do. Like let's say Mike White that you know. The adrenaline's come off. Everything's, you know, now, you know, the coaches look at him, the, excuse me, the medical staff looks at him and they say, yeah, you can't go this week. What do the Jets do if Mike White can't play this week? I personally believe the wrong move, the wrong message to send to this team is to activate Zach Wilson. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means they need to step up Streveler onto the roster or, you know, somebody else, you know, a linebacker or somebody, you know, needs to be deactivated or, you know, go to the practice squad or something. But like, I, I don't know that Zach Wilson earning an active status now after what Mike White has just done and the ways in which he fought sends a message to this team. If you're the coach of this team, what do you do? about the quarterback situation if Mike White can't go next week, Josh. Yeah, obviously, I think I think today is going to be a key day for that. Um, we're recording it on a Monday, but... Yeah, Monday know, morning. Is, yeah. Does, does Ryan Fitzpatrick come out of the booth? Like, do they want to work him out? Do they want to work out, like, who, who's available? Like, who's who's sitting out there right now that could pop in? Do they, you know, does... Yeah, I don't know how you, how you do this in the NFL. Like, if, if it's a waiver situation, did Jameis get cut from from New Orleans? Like, it's going to be interesting to see who's who's actually available. Um, who are guys maybe sitting at home right now that are just waiting for a workout? Um, you know, I think there's there's a number of those guys that are capable guys, and I think if you see them working out a guy or two, it's their way of basically indicating we don't think Mike White's going to be able to go this next week. But I agree, and I think every. I think every, you know, every reporter worth his salt is going to be saying for the next two days, you know, who, who's, they're going to be milling around trying to see if they're bringing in anybody. Um, because I agree, the wrong message to send is to bring Zach right back. Um, the other thing is, you know, <laughs> I think we saw it yesterday. Joe, Joe Flacco does not want to play football anymore. Um, that guy just seems <laughs> done. He seems cooked. Um, he's had a great career. Felt like he went in the game and was like, I'm just gonna kinda quiet quit he out went, here and just walk around mm-hmm. and he he just <laughs> quietly quit. I love that you say quietly quit. He's just quietly quitting on the on an NFL field. I think Mike White was in the back staring up from his Mr. Miyagi table Ooh. and goes, just get me back in the game because that guy does not want to be out there right now. Um Strebler, it's gotta probably be Strebler in at the number two position, Mike White at the one, but Maybe there's a spot start for Strebler next week, but um, it, yeah, I, I don't think elevating Zach Wilson back to the active active yeah. roster is the right move, and I don't think um, it, I, I I just can't see them not working out a couple of quarterbacks in the next two days. Yeah, I mean, just to be clear, so after the game, Salah did announce that that Mike White will start against the Lions uh, next week. But again, my, yeah, but still, right. That's my, that's my whole thing. Yeah. But still like, even though he announced it, like who knows what's going to happen on the practice field this week, who knows, right. Anything could happen. So that's, I want to be clear about why we're having this conversation. So yeah, Travis, what what do you think? I mean, I think it all depends on where Zach Wilson is and his redevelopment within the narrative they've presented. Um, You know, they've, they've said, you know, it's, it's, 
it's a it's a reset for him. Like we've got to get him right on like a lot of the easy things, the little things that he's kind of lost on. Like you can't you can't say that publicly and then go, okay, we're gonna we're gonna roll him back out um, when you've got other options. Uh, Strebler played you know really well in the preseason. There was a lot of people calling for him to be on the roster instead of Mike White. Um, I obviously never agreed with that, but, uh, you know, Flacco, yeah, I mean, the dude looked so unenthused and immediately puts the ball on the ground, um, misses on like a wide open pass. Like the dude's, the dude's not, not engaged. And I, I think he's been pissed ever since he got dropped to, mm-hmm. to, to third on third. the, the death chart. Mm, I agree. And, you know, that's, I, I think that, uh, no matter what happens, he has no future on this team. Uh, if it were me, I would go ahead after that performance and just cut him, elevate Strebler, and reassess just where we're at with that. Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, go ahead. Just There's there's no reason for him to be there uh, unless he's, you know, playing third quarterback coach to, to Mike, which I don't really see a lot of. Um, it's funny, like, even in, like, the Jets' social media, uh, you know, their little clips of, like, you know, oh, what's what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Or like, you know, the the little things that they do. He's the one player that's always just like, I don't know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's never <laughs> even engaged in that. Like, not that that's a huge thing, but you can just see the dude is just like not stoked. He's he's just getting a paycheck and muddling through. Um, but I really think it falls down to if Zach has made any kind of improvements. And and to be honest, I don't see. I don't see how that's even – I don't see that that being a thing. I don't see that being possible. You can't you can't reboot your whole foundational mechanics that you've lost and get them back in two weeks. Yeah. I don't care how many reps you're yeah. doing in practice. Like, you're, you're not going to go back to the form that caused you to be drafted where you were in two weeks period. Yeah. It's just not going to fucking happen. Did you see the play, uh, Romo um, – talked about it he he uh he kind of identified a specific play where mike white went through three reads uh and then he and then he like hit that third read uh you know for it was a big big pass i can't remember but like he he was he was outlining like look at this guy go through the offense like look at his read look to another guy look to the third guy uh and just like and it was it was kind of this clear subtext to like this is why he's the quarterback right now and yeah. why the other guy is not because the other yeah. guy cannot make three reads and hit an open guy. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, to pocket. your point, it's, it's just yeah. too much. Like, yeah, that's it. And it's just like, you can't like, you can't learn that in a three, in a three week interval. I cannot imagine you can, if you, know, you want to reinforce the fact, if you want to reinforce the fact that he's not the fucking guy, and uh, give you the the ability to have something on tape definitive to be like, okay, we gave him a chance to reboot mm-hmm. and he didn't. Uh, then we put him back out and he played like dog shit. Still, uh, we're gonna cut ties. You want to if, if that's if that's your plan, yeah, fucking roll him yeah. out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're look forward to Mike White playing Detroit. I mean, this could be a really fun game coming up. We 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 spent a lot of time on some of the other stuff, but we all need to run. Um, but you know, this is, I, I imagine, you know, playing the lions, the lions are a really fun team this year. Uh, their defense is not very good. Uh, so this could be a real shootout situation. Like Mike White could throw for, if he plays, he could throw for like 400 yards, three touchdowns in this game. Um, uh, that's kind of been the, you know, the way the lions play and, you know, and the lions could throw for 400 as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't think so against this particular defense, um, but I am very excited about this game. It should be a fun one in Detroit. Um, gentlemen, thank you. Uh, we will talk to you next week after the Lions game. Everybody, uh, listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to rate and review the podcast in your feed, and we will see you after Detroit.